Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. Oh, it's so good to see you. Happy New Year. Yeah. Wow, you look great. So good to see you. I'm so glad to be here. I'm really glad to be anywhere, but I'm glad to be here. And, and to know for the first time, for the first time, our hindsight is 2020. I mean, it's done, right? It's gone. It's gone. We always say, yeah, hindsight's 2020. No, but it is now for sure. And it's just good to be here and, um, and to see you guys. And, you know, we just learned a lot about ourselves during 2020. We, we did. And I'll never look back and, you know, think that was a waste or that was, no. God did a lot. We learned a lot about ourselves. We learned a lot about each other. And most importantly, we learned a lot about Him. And I'll tell you what I learned. I learned that I was just thinking 2021 is going to be totally different. I mean, we're going to, I'm going to wake up on uh, Friday morning and the world's going to be at peace and everybody's okay and everything's good. And guess what? It wasn't. It's not going to change everything. In other words, some of the same issues we had in 20, guess what? We're going to have in 21. I mean, it's just the way it is. This is supposed to be a new year. It's supposed to be a good year. Everything's supposed to work. No. Changing a calendar doesn't magically change everything. But here's the good news. Our God doesn't change. He's the same in 20 as he will be in 21. And my hope is it's going to be better. Because you know what I get to do today in just a little while? Back, back to about uh, an hour, a little over an hour. I get to do a wedding Get ready for this. A wedding for a 98-year-old man. 98. And he's getting married. And, and, and I got to do the, the counseling and meet him and talk to him. Of course, I know him. I know him well. He's one of my heroes. He's a World War II vet. And uh, he and his wife, I knew both of them. Even when they were married before, they both lost their spouses to death. And they're so excited to be together, and God brought them together. And I'm thinking, 98 years old. And I said, so are you guys moving? Where are y'all living? And they're looking for a home near an elementary school. They said they want in a good school district. I don't know what that meant, but <laughs> I'm telling you, they're amazing. And I get to do that wedding in just a minute right out there. So it's going to be a good year, right? It's going to be a great year. I just believe God has taught us so much through 2020. I really believe that. And, and I want to tell you what I'm kind of praying for, for this year. There's something, I've read a lot of articles about, uh, one of them especially got my attention, said, please church, don't go back to being the church before the pandemic. In other words, learn, make sure you learn through this and make the changes that we need to make. And I jotted some things down that I just thought, you know what, I think these are important. One is, I think we've got to focus more on making disciples. Because you know who got through COVID? Sane disciples of the Lord Jesus. 
When you walk with him, when you are a disciple, things that come at you from the world around you, they don't, they don't upset you and unnerve you as much as if you have no foundation. And I just think we've got to realize, hey, we're a mile wide, but we got to be deep. And we've got to take people on a journey of becoming like Jesus, focus more on discipleship. I also think we can't, <laughs> this is one of my pet peeves. God help us when we stand in this pulpit that we not give shallow platitude, shallow teaching, feel-good moments. Hey, everything's going to be great. That's awesome. Y'all have a good day. No. We open a book that is like a rock that never moves and will be there for you no matter how bad your life gets. In other words, shallowness will not serve us in a COVID experience. It takes depth. And it takes a solid foundation. And I only have one to recommend to you. And this is the one we call the Word of God. And so we commit in the, in the weeks to come, months to come. That's where we're going to build our life. I also think we can't go back to playing it safe. Now, I don't mean health-wise. We're going to do everything we can to protect you with your health and from the virus and other things. But I mean playing it safe as if we got all the time in the world. I've been on the phone recently with two different families who lost loved ones to COVID. Broke my heart. I mean, one of them, I, it was a young lady who's been here. She doesn't live here. She lives in Louisiana, was married to the young man who was about to take his seat in the House of Representatives, and he got COVID and died. And oh my goodness, it broke my heart. Guys, we can't play as if we have forever. Life is uncertain. If it matters, then it matters now. So for me, that's a commitment to things that matter and have depth. And I think the last thing that I would say is we can't go back to thinking we can control our life. That we can control the outcomes. No, we can't. We learned in 2020, you don't have control. We don't know what's going to happen next. I held a phone in my hand and said, I, I got control. I can fix this. No, I can't. I ended up by saying, can I throw it across the parking lot? That's all I want to do with it. I can't fix it. Apple's got to fix it. You know why? Because Apple made it. What about us giving the one who made us a chance to fix our life and to fix this world? I just think we've got to wake up and realize we're not in control. And so that brings me to this. We're starting a series next weekend out of the book of Nehemiah. And the title of the series is Rebuild. The whole book of Nehemiah is about that. Now, let me explain who Nehemiah was. And by the way, to make you feel better, when I turned to the book of Nehemiah, I did all my study and basically my PhD is in the New Testament. When I go to Nehemiah, I have to go to the table of contents. Where is this guy? He's hidden before Psalms. For some reason, he's supposed to be after Psalms. But anyway, he's before Psalms. He was an incredible leader who grew up in the exile. Let me explain it. 586, Babylon overruns Jerusalem, takes a bunch of the people, in fact, all of them, and his family got taken to Babylon, and he was born there. Now, another big empire comes along called the Persians, and they throw the Babylonians out of, out of power, and now the Persians are over everyone, and they have a really good king called Cyrus, Cyrus the Great. And he actually let the Jews go back to Jerusalem. And that's when the temple was rebuilt, and it was rededicated in 515, 515 years before Christ. Well, Nehemiah was a young man in Persia, 
who got the chance to be the cupbearer of the king. That means the wine taster. That means the guy who eats food before the king makes sure he doesn't get poisoned. I know it sounds like a really bad job, but he was second in command. And the king's father had been poisoned, so there was a real interest on the part of the king for Nehemiah. Well, Nehemiah had it made until his family showed up and said, Nehemiah, our, our hometown is terrible. Yes, they rebuilt the temple, but the walls are not standing. And that meant Jerusalem was vulnerable. She wasn't protected. And so that's the story of Nehemiah. God begins to burden him, and God takes him back to Jerusalem to look at the walls. And in the book, he rebuilds the walls of Jerusalem. Now, for me, I think the beautiful thing about the book of Nehemiah that I want to share with you today is, before God used Nehemiah to rebuild walls, God rebuilt Nehemiah. There was work to be done in him. My word for the year is not the word rebuild, it's the word restore. You see, I think restore is about what God is doing in us so that we can then rebuild for him. And I want to take you to a place in the first chapter. If you, it, by the way, if you haven't started looking, you won't find it for a while. Nehemiah chapter 1. I want to show you a couple of verses. 8 and 9. Remember the word that you commanded your servant Moses. Now this is Nehemiah talking and he's recounting the, the Moses uh, dialogue saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me and you keep my commandments and do them, though your outcasts are in the uttermost parts of the heaven, and from there I will gather them and bring them to the place that they have chosen to make my name dwell there. So in other words, he is reciting what God said to Moses, and he's talking about Moses believed that God could do the impossible. And he says, Nehemiah, I can do that. But first, if you return to me. So let me tell you, my word restore is more about what God wants to do in us than it is what God wants to do through us. Because before he can ever do that work through you, he has to accomplish the work in you. The word restore is actually a word that means to put something back in its place, it, its intended purpose. Okay, let me make it real simple. If that bottle is like that, that's not where it needs to be. You're going to roll off or whatever. That's the way it's supposed to be. So when your life is like this, somebody needs to come along and restore you. And the word restore is this beautiful picture about putting something back where it belongs or helping that whatever it is, person or thing, accomplish what it was intended to accomplish. If I could explain it this way, when I was a sophomore in high school, I had $300 to my name that I could spend on a car. Have y'all seen what you can buy with $300? Now, I know this is several years ago. $300. I found a 1950 Chevrolet pickup, and oh man, I loved it. Now, 
that is not it. It is a 1950 Chevrolet pickup. And it, by the way, it's, it's the same model as mine because I had the deluxe cab. I couldn't settle for the standard. I had to have the deluxe cab, which meant you had corner windows in it. When I got that truck, I immediately began to do something to it called restore it. The same word I'm talking about. To restore didn't mean I got rid of the truck and just started over. No, God doesn't do that with us. What does he do? He takes something that's not its best, not it, you know, the way it should look or the way it should be, and he sets it up. So I got to work on that truck, and it ended up looking something like that. And let me tell you, man, I, I loved it. I spent all my time on it. Now, you can't see in mine, that's not mine, but it looked that color, and it looked a lot like it. I had shag carpet. When I say shag, I'm telling you, that shag was that thick. You could lose a billfold in there. I mean, it was just, it was huge. And then I had the best eight-track player you could find. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, that thing was incredible. And I drove it for three years, and then I sold it for $300. It got all my money out, except for the money I put in it and fixing it up. The point is, to restore doesn't mean you get rid of it and start over. No, it just means you get it right. And that's what God wants to do in us is to get it right and really to set it up and to get us where we need to be. In fact, I think the Bible is a story of restoration. I think the whole story, look, think about this. God created Adam and Eve, put them in a perfect place. Everything was setting up and it was great. And then all of a sudden Adam and Eve thought they knew more than God. And what happened? They sinned. Well, now what was setting up is down. And when Adam and Eve sinned, it broke everything. It affected everything. It affected animals, affected humans, affected the weather. Everything was affected. And so now God, out of his love, gave us a book where he's calling us back to himself. And he is telling us he's going to make things new again. He's going to make things right. So the whole Bible is this picture of God restoring us. You realize COVID is a part of a broken world. COVID is not God's plan from the beginning in the Genesis account. COVID is a disease, a virus, that is not what God intended when he created us, but it's something we have to deal with. Why? Because we live in a fallen world. We live among fallen people with broken relationships and broken lives. I have lost some good friends to COVID, and some of you have too. And man, it breaks my heart. But let me tell you what I've noticed about COVID. COVID reveals more brokenness than it actually creates. It has shown us that our lives are not where they need to be. It's shown us the cracks in marriages and in families and in our world. In other words, COVID has revealed some of the brokenness. And so I think our greatest need as sheep is to be restored. Our greatest need is to get our lives back where they're intended to be and relationships the way they were intended to be and, and everything the way it was intended to be. I think that's the goal. The psalmist, David, when he wrote the 23rd Psalm, there's this beautiful reference. He restores my soul. 
He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Isn't it interesting that he restores our soul before he leads us in the paths of righteousness? To restore your soul means you, he makes it right the way it was intended to be in relationship with him. There's a beautiful picture of that word in the Old Testament because of they knew what shepherds did and they, they understood sheep and they understood all of that. When a sheep would get down, it meant a sheep somehow got on its back. And there's one thing about sheep, the anatomy of a sheep, it cannot turn over on its back and stay very long or it absolutely becomes crippled and will even die. So the shepherds used a term called cast. When they'd find a sheep that was that way, they'd have to turn it back over and they'd literally put that sheep between the knees of the, of the shepherd and he'd walk with it to try to get it back on its feet. Number one reason sheep would get in that position, they were carrying too much weight. A sheep is not a burden animal. You'll never see a sheep in a pack train. In other words, like you do mules and other animals. No, they don't carry a lot of weight. They can't. And when they try to carry more than they should, even with their wool, they'll get down. You see, guys, I think 2020, we tried to carry a lot of weight. And we're nothing but sheep. And that weight sometimes caused us to lose sight of who he is and lose sight of, of where we needed to be. And it just broke our heart. So I think what we've learned through 2020, what we've learned through this past year is that uh, we need a shepherd. And the number one need of our life is for God to restore us. And you remember what he said, cast all your care upon me because I care for you. And so you don't need to carry all the weight. To be restored means today you say, Lord, I'm just one of your sheep. I can't carry the weight of this world and the weight of everything that's happening. And the good news is you don't have to. You don't have to carry that. So here it is. A book about rebuilding. A book where a prophet, if you want to call Nehemiah a prophet, was restored. So what are the lessons there? I just want to give you four lessons. And by the way, I want to encourage you. It'd be great for you to write down or on your phone, go to notes, or on your iPad or whatever you want to do. I'm just kind of old school. I like writing stuff down. Now, I'll take a picture. In fact, every Sunday that I'm not up and I'm sitting over there, last weekend when Danny was up, I had this, and I'm writing notes. You know why? Because if God's speaking, I want it. I want it. And some of you are saying, well, it wasn't God, it was Danny. I know, but sometimes God can use Danny, right? Is that right? Every once in a while? And, and I want to remember that. And it helps me to write. So what are the lessons that I want you to write down from the book of Nehemiah before we jump in next week? Here they are. Very simple. It's all about restoration. Number one, restoration requires complete reliance on God. Can I just be as nice to you and, and pastoral as I can you can't fix your life. You cannot fix your life. To be restored, you've tried to get your life back up in the right place and relationships where they belong, but I'm telling you, they fall over every time. God can do it. That's why Nehemiah starts off, the whole book starts off with him crying out to God and he's fasting and he's praying. And he was reminding God, if we come back to you, you will do this. That's right. 
So the whole point is we, we've got to turn back to him. We've got to say, God, here we are. I, my, my prayer actually is, God, I don't want to get in your way. Because if 2020 taught me anything, it's I can't fix my life. And neither can you. You know, I'm a, I'm a bas- I love the old basketball day. I like today's basketball, but something about uh, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Isaiah Thomas, I start really listening. There was a story with Larry Bird, played for the Celtics. They called a timeout. K.C. Jones was the coach. K.C. told this story. He said he, they had a second left in the game, and the Celtics were down by one, and he's drawing a play and telling them, okay, here's what we're going to do to win the game. And Larry Bird stepped up, interrupted him, and said, hey, guys, just give me the ball and get out of my way. And K.C. Jones, the coach, said, Larry, can I remind you? I'm the coach. You're a player. And K.C. Jones turned to the team and said, y'all just give him the ball and get out of his way. And they gave him the ball, and they won the game. Now, if I could just put it to you simply— Give him your life and get out of the way. The greatest thing we can do is rely completely on him. Just give him the ball. He created you. Apple's going to replace my phone. I'm convinced. (laughs) God doesn't replace your life. He just fixes your life, right? Rely on him. The second thing. (laughs) There... Restoration always involves other people. It always involves other people. What do I mean by that? God uses people around you. Nehemiah had people with him. Yes, he was a leader and he was great, but he wasn't the Lone Ranger. He had people with him. And he even turned to those people and, and, and invited them. Can I just tell you how much you need people in your life? Why do we talk about Groups And why do we talk about getting involved and connected with other groups and, and connected with people? Because we believe it's survival. You know what? I'm so proud to have those of you that are streaming and wherever the environment is that you are in. I want to encourage you. There are ways to stay connected here, even through the online community. We believe that being connected to other people is absolutely necessary. Sheep are most vulnerable when they are by themselves. And, and when you are by yourself and you don't have friends or you don't have people walking with you, that's when you're at your worst. You need people around you. And I believe that to be restored, God sometimes wants to speak through a friend. I think we need to listen. Believe me, he spoke through your emails when I was in the hospital. He spoke through your messages. He spoke through the cards that we got. I can't tell you how many times God used you to speak to us, to encourage us. And Rachel and I want to say thank you for that. And I'm, I'm learning. I need to listen a lot more to people. I think we would all be restored even more if we could use the people God's got around us and let them speak to us. Here's another one. Restoration includes failures and setbacks. I know we don't like to think of restoration and failures and setbacks in the same sentence, but do you know that through failures, through setbacks, God is working and restoring? He really is. 
And I think it's one of the times that we learn the most. I think it's one of the times we realize who he is. We see him a lot better when we are in a situation where we need him. Uh, as somebody said, you'll never know God's all you need until he's all you got. So coming out of suffering, you tend to look to him more. In fact, I'll give you a statement that has, has really helped me. I, when I read the book of Nehemiah, to be quite honest, it breaks my heart because Nehemiah had to fight opposition. I mean, he's there to help Jerusalem, and he's fighting people in Jerusalem. But that's the way it is with all of us. We're going to be trying something and trying to grow in our life and our family, and we're going to have to fight a headwind. It just happens to all of us. But let me give you something I hope you won't forget. This is a statement. Failure doesn't have to beat you. But you can be sure that failure will have a big hand in making you. It doesn't have to beat you. But watch what God can do through that failure. My favorite psalm, my favorite chapter in the Bible is probably Psalm 23. Do you know who wrote Psalm 23? I mean, those incredible words about a shepherd and how he takes care of his sheep. You know who wrote it? An adulterer, a murderer, a father who couldn't even raise a family that didn't fight. He had a son rape one of the, the daughters, and he had a son who was out to kill him. David wrote out of that kind of a journey. Let me tell you, there are things you learn about God in the valley you don't learn anywhere else. And I believe when you go through the setbacks this year, when you go through those trying times, remember, God could be teaching you through the scars. Somebody said, hey, David, do you want to, what are you taking into 21 so you'll always remember 2020? <laughs> I'm taking two scars, one right here and one right here. Those scars will always teach me something. You ever heard the song by the group, I Am They? It's a, that, I love that group. They wrote a song called Scars. And, and I listen to it, and I love it because it speaks to where I am. This is the line. These are the lines of one, a part of it. Now I'm standing in confidence with the strength of your faithfulness. And I'm not who I was before, thankfully. No, I don't have to fear anymore. I'm so thankful for the scars because without them, I wouldn't even know who you are. I know they'll always tell of who you are, so forever I'm thankful for the scars. A part of our restoration may mean we have to bear the scars, but it's okay. The last one, restoration takes time, but it starts today. Restoration takes time, but it starts today. They didn't build a wall in a day. It took a while, but you know what? It started on a day when Nehemiah said, it's time to start. And if there's something in your life that needs to be restored, if there's something in your life that the brokenness needs to be healed, today's a good day to start. Wouldn't you agree? It's a great day to start. And so I think one of the lessons we learn through the, what we're going to read and study in Nehemiah is this. Every long journey we're on starts with one step. And today, it could simply start by you saying, God, I want you to restore me. And God, I want you to show me. And I want you to grow me. I mean, there's so many of us in this room today 
that have been through or you're walking through very difficult times, this would be the perfect time to say, God, I want you to restore me. Here's what I did. And you got to be careful of this. I'm just being honest and open with you. When I had my heart surgery, I had the heart surgery back in May. They told me in one setting, I mean, literally within seconds of each other, they said, you've got a heart valve issue that has to be, uh, you have to have open heart surgery. And by the way, you have a brain tumor. Now, I knew that I was going to have to have surgery on the first one, and then I was going to have to have surgery on the second one. So after that heart surgery, that first weekend, I came back. You were so awesome. You encouraged me. Wow, it was, it was beautiful. But you know what? I kept holding back inside. Even when I came back to work and I preached and, and I was back every day and leading and doing everything I do, I still was holding back. I couldn't get real passionate about life. I couldn't let go. Why? Because I had another surgery coming. So I'm like, I'm just kind of waiting for the next thing I have to go through. And you know what the Lord said to me? There will always be a next thing. There's always going to be something else. You've got to let go and you have to live now. You have to be restored now. But I've got something I'm thinking. That's the point. When he restores you, it gives you even greater grace to face whatever else is coming. And so today, I want to encourage you with this simple truth. If you don't hear anything else, remember this. Before he will do a work through us, he wants to restore the work in us. So before we talk about rebuilding, before we talk about a work that we want God to do through us to our family or our community or wherever, let's just simply say, God, do your work in us. So this morning, what is it that needs to be restored in your life? You're sitting maybe in your home and you're, you're streaming this. What is it that God wants to do in you? What, what's an area of your life that's broken and, and needs to be repaired? Just like the wall was broken in Jerusalem. What is it that God is wanting to do? Or maybe if you're sitting in this room, where are the broken places in your life right now? Is it a broken relationship with a spouse? Is it a broken relationship with kids? Or maybe at work or, or maybe broken relationship with somebody that you used to care deeply about. Does it matter today? Well, if it matters today, why not start today? Why not start now? Let's do this. Take your phone. Take something you can write on. Would you just write something, an area of your life, a place that you think is broken and you're asking God to restore it? Can we do that just for a minute? Just think. Well, let's just bow. I mean, you can bow or you don't have to close your eyes, but I want you to think. What's something today? You would ask God, God, restore this. God, set it back up, right? It's fallen over. And I need you to repair it. I need you to restore it. You want to put it in your phone? Or if you want to just as you sit there, think, God, this is it. Ask him. Because I believe God wants to restore us. And you're going to be shocked at what happens after he restores you. He's going to use you and he's going to bless you in ways that you never dream. And I think for all of us in this room, 
the importance of other people in our life to me is so big. I want to encourage you to let us know and let us help you. So if there's an area in your life you just, you just want somebody praying with you about, or let's just say maybe you've never come to faith in Jesus. You've never come to a place to put your trust in him and say, Jesus, I, I can't fix my life, but I know you can would you allow us just to pray with you and encourage you? What I want you to do is text the word CONNECT to 40777. Just text the word CONNECT, 40777. It may be just a prayer of restoration. Or it could be a prayer of faith to, to follow Jesus for the first time. Or maybe to get connected, to find somebody and a group that you can walk with. And that's why we're here to be a community for you. So let us know how we can help by texting CONNECT to 40777. Father, I want to thank you for the day. I, I just thank you, Lord, for a new year. And it's not like magically everything's going to be fine now that we've passed the calendar year. I just know that we have all the hope in the world looking forward because we have a God of hope and a God of restoration. And I, I believe, Lord, you want to restore us. And so I'm asking, even before you work through us, God, would you work in us? Would you change us? And then, Lord, it'd be so cool to see you use us to rebuild. So, Lord, as we walk through the Word and we follow Nehemiah, I pray, speak to us about rebuilding. But today, we just simply pray, restore us. In Jesus' name, and everyone say amen. amen. Man, it is so good to see you at the beginning of a new year. We're here. We did it. 2020 is gone. 2021 is here. Let's have an incredible year. Let's be blessed. God bless you. Have a wonderful Lord's Day and a wonderful year. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.